0: Hey, look, we are going to pay people more in stock options and salary because he wants everybody to think like an owner and not an employee.
1: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, and in these episodes, Sangram and I focus on personal development, We'll share books and other resources that are helping us get a little bit better every single day. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry, and I'm joined as always by Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how are you, my man?
0: And I can't wait to dive into this part three and part four as we get into the the philosophy of Jeff Bezos and how many people are really thinking about this as something they should read, not just books, but actual shareholder letters. I think people are going crazy
1: on it. Yeah. So this is the third part in a four-part series that Sangram and I are doing on Jeff Bezos's first shareholder letter. And so Sangram, do you want to give us just a little bit of background just at a high level of what we've covered so far so that we can dive into this third part today?
0: Absolutely. So over the holidays, I ended up reading instead of a book, this Jeff Bezos letters from 1997 that he has been writing every year and attaching the part that the the first letter to the last like 20, 30 years of letters. So it's been it's been phenomenal to to just see those, and I've just just felt that this is so important to be shared. So I just we, we we just discussed and we're gonna break it down from growth and customer obsession. Those are the two episodes we have done. And today we're going to dive deep into how, what is Jeff's philosophy on employee as an owner or what he sees employee's role in a company. And I think a lot of people uh, in leadership roles are really trying to figure out. And and so there are some really interesting thoughts that he has been consistent. And that's the key word, consistent, across all of his letters since 1997 to 2017, the last one I read. And then, then the next one, the final one, which is do not miss that. Which is what's this philosophy of day one, which I'll absolutely love.
1: I love it. So we're going to dive into part three here, and a lot. You're you're very vocal, Sangram, about your philosophy around mission, people, and culture, and and a lot of really incredible companies have you know, similar variations to that. You call it the magic triangle, with mission being at the top and people and culture being at the footings. Can you talk about how your philosophy around, you know, the magic triangle relates to the third part of this series, talking about Jeff Bezos's philosophy around employees?
0: Well, I mean, I'll be honest, James, I don't think we even come close to how Jeff really thinks about this. And and he even said in one of his uh, shareholder letters that he's often interviewed by people who ask them like, hey. Tell us about, uh, what do you think about people in the company? And, and he would often quote himself uh, on, on this topic. He said, hey, look, you know, people tell me that they can work long hours or, or they can work really hard or they can work really smart. And he said, but at Amazon, you can't choose two out of three. You can't be working long, but not smart or hard, but not long and, or smart. Like, you can't figure out a comment. You have to work long hard and smart. And and the reason he says that is because when you're working on building something so important, so important that you're going to tell that to not only your, your, your family, but your grandchildren. Like he, he wants everybody to have that sense of purpose that we're building this something that is so important that we're going to tell stories about it at, with, with our grandchildren. And, and and his whole philosophy is that we want everybody to work long, hard and smart. And that's the only type of people We love to have an Amazon, which I thought was, again, from day one, kind of having that as a mentality and and philosophy has been really interesting to
1: hear. Yeah, I love that. Really making sure that folks know from the very early stages of the hiring process that what we're building here is incredibly important for culture at large, for, you know, we're, we're making an impact on the world here. And so we need you to be able to do not two out of three of these things but all three. We need you to work long, hard, and smart. And so I love this concept. The next part that you mentioned that you wanted to talk about offline was around compensation. Can you elaborate on on this part of the letter?
0: Yeah, man. Let's be honest and real about this thing is that people care about money. And it yeah. is a big factor, if not the factor, in a lot of people's decision-making process. And again, from day one, from the very first letter that he wrote in 19, 19- Ninety-seven to the shareholders, he said that, hey, look, we are going to pay people more in stock options and salary because he wants everybody to think like an owner and not an employee. And, and I think, James, you and I have chatted about this. This is something that we have done here at Terminus as well. Not knowing this is something Amazon philosophy, but you know, I have been with a lot of companies going up and down and I've seen companies got acquired that I work with and I did not make anything on it. And I, I was pissed off because of yeah. that. And and I remember a lot of people were too. And and that's something that we as founders never wanted to happen. So as a leadership team, we decided that every single person is going to have some sort of stock option because it is just not fair to ask everybody on your team to say, hey, act like owner, act like owner where they have no peace in the entire equation when the company actually goes big. And even though everybody has put in all the time, sweat, act, you know that that is what they have put in. So the fact that he had put in or baked in that mentality that your compensation is based on how the stock price work, it perfectly fits into the idea of one team philosophy, one team mindset, employees owner mindset, stop talking, let's do it. And compensation is the perfect way to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Are there any other things that you guys have explored beyond stock options, or or is stock options? Really, the I mean, the most common approach to solving kind of the the compensation issue.
0: Well, I mean, I'll tell you, it's not one of the most common. I think most companies don't do that okay. that I know of. So it is absolutely not a popular thing with investors with with all that stuff because you're you're pretty much taking off the ability to hire some bigwig from some other company, you know, to, to give them a tremendous amount of stock options. That's what stock options a lot of time people use. And if you're not a public company, it's even harder because you only have a certain amount of pool that you're pulling out of mm-hmm. if you're a public company. So as a public company, I think it's more and more common. But as a startup company, it, it's not as common. Uh, at the same time, James, I think, you know, and, and we've talked about this, I think, on this podcast, is the idea or one of our core values is one team. and And that one team philosophy has to be driven by certain parameters that that allows everybody to feel like this is truly one team. Otherwise, it's just a buzzword or, you know, stuff on the wall kind of thing, right? So Mm -hmm. compensation becomes a big part of it. What are the numbers that we are going to create compensation on matters a lot. So we all have one number as a company, uh, whatever is our revenue goal that includes retention, that includes uh, expansion, that includes top line, bottom line growth. Once people know that includes the percentage of efficiency number, once people know that those are all the key factors that go into that one team mentality and philosophy, I think it makes it super easy to have the right conversations with everybody, no matter where we're going.
1: I love it. All right, this third component of this third part that you wanted to cover from the shareholder letters it is around how Amazon does PowerPoint. So the lack thereof, they, they don't actually do PowerPoints for making business decisions. Can you elaborate on this for us? And this was so surprising to me that,
0: well, I mean, I, no PowerPoints to get it. At, at one point, even now at Terminus, we said, do not do PowerPoints like Dex, just use Google. Drive right, so everything is part of the Google Drive. So the spreadsheets are there, the decks are there. Don't use tons of logos and stuff. Nobody really cares. Don't make it make pretty PowerPoints and spend time in that. Focus on the content. So we did a lot of these things consistently, and I think that's just part of you know when you're trying to grow fast and trying to make things happen, you're trying to make things make it possible at scale. You don't want people to be worried about where the logo is and the fine print is for internal meetings and conversation. You want content to be at the center. Jeff Bezos takes it at a completely new level where he essentially has required everyone to write a six-page, like I think it's obviously because he put a number there. It's not a memo with like one page or it's an arbitrary. No, no, no. It's a six-page memo that you have to write. They call it the narratives. And then everybody silently, like in a study hall, silently reads it before the idea is further talked about. So there's a lot of thought that goes in there. And he says that it doesn't really matter if you're a good writer or not. Sometimes it could take an hour. Sometimes it could take five days for people to write stuff like that. But by creating this habit of like, you have to write a memo. Everybody has to read it. He actually enforces this idea of like, everybody has to be on the same page. It shouldn't be at the brilliance of who presents the idea and how amazing they are at presenting it. It really should be, that people need to really be on the same page even before they start talking about that idea. So no PowerPoints, only narratives, and that to six-page long, which kind of blew my mind. Yeah,
1: that, that is, uh, that's pretty intense. But we've actually adapted something close to that with, with our leadership team calls every Monday morning. It's actually the call that I do right after you and I jump off this call. And we spend the first 15 minutes giving an update to what each of us got done the previous week, you know, highlights from the past week that the rest of the team needs to be updated on. And instead of talking through it, which takes a lot longer, we all just write it down for the first seven and a half minutes. And then the next seven and a half minutes, we all read it. And that I, I, so I can speak firsthand to how efficient that is. It just has saved us a ton of time and it keeps everybody on the same page. So it totally makes sense that this philosophy when someone's presenting an idea at Amazon they write this narrative and then everyone silently reads it then they dive in to discussing it as opposed to waiting on the person to you know present it verbally which can just take additional time so i love this are there any other aspects that you wanted to talk about around this idea of you know jeff's philosophy around employees well
0: i think it really was very clear throughout his his now I'm calling memos, his shareholder letters, which seemed like a memo in itself. It was very clear to me, James, that he really had a unreasonably high standards. And and he said it himself, like, hey, look, we have unreasonably or you to his employees, you need to have unreasonably high standards. And he I think he he if he could, he would probably underscore that put it in quotes, make it bold, make it 20 font size or something like that, this word unreasonably, because he believes that having unreasonably high standards is what has helped them be the number one company in so many different parts, being the company that has reached a trillion dollar market cap since Apple, be the company that is into so many different businesses from not only selling books to the Amazon services that a lot of the cloud computing is powered on to now buying Whole Foods and do all that stuff. He's like, if you didn't have these unreasonably high standards, high, high standards, then you're gonna you're gonna not be moving fast enough. You're not gonna reap the benefits that we have. And I think this whole idea of six-page memos and stuff, it really pushes people to even think about it, because you have to sit down, you have to write it down. And I'm sure there's some bad you know, method to the madness there and classes that people might be taking to get make sure they got it right. I think there's love and effort put into that process, and, and I think he's Forcing people to do that is because the weak of them would probably say, you know what? That's just too much. I'm out of here. And the strong would actually say, you know what? This is good. This is going to make me better, the idea better, the company better. And I feel like this this whole concept of having unreasonably high standards is, is a major driver of their culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. So that being said, Sangram, what is your challenge for the listener today?
0: All right. Well, so the challenge is literally, you know, let's just just double down on that idea of unreasonably high standards. As a leader in a company, you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously trying to be a better uh, one person, 10%, 100% every day kind of person. So with that being the case, what are your standards? Have you defined your standards in your organization for yourself? And if you have them for your team, and if you have them for your company, like if if you haven't designed or if you haven't taken the time to write it down, what your standards are, what is your minimum standard of every one of the communication that you have? I think this is a huge opportunity to get in and figure out the standards you need to have, so that people know what to expect and you know what to expect off people, and that, that I think can change the game.
1: I love it. Awesome, Singer. This has been fantastic. I am really looking forward to next week, where we're going to be looking at Jeff Bezos's philosophy on. Day one. We're going to be unpacking that next week, but this has been phenomenal, man. I'm really looking forward to next week, but this has been amazing as well.
0: Absolutely, man. And as we always say, without a community, you are a commodity. So stay tuned.
1: You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review.